Hi, this is 5050, real estate podcast for the common man, where we talk about selling, buying, and investing in real estate. We aren't baffling you with BS. We're dazzling you with brilliance. We're not telling you how to become a millionaire. We're telling you stories, the truth, and the information no one is talking about. So sit back, listen, laugh, and enjoy 5050, real estate podcast for the common man. Hey everybody, this is JD. I hope you're looking good and feeling fine. Hopefully you had a great weekend, giving up for spring. I love this type of weather. Everybody's, you know, start getting out. Uh, birds are chirping in the morning. I love to hear the birds. You know, hiking, biking, people walking their dogs, uh, starting to work on their yards. And uh, just all kinds of things. Uh, weather's starting to get real nice. So it's just a great time. I always like the spring, kind of all the flowers starting to bloom and uh, grasses are starting to kind of green up a little bit. And you just see a lot of people out and, you know, doing things and so on and so forth. It's just a great time of year. You know, I was talking about uh, real estate for my uh, past clients and friends and so on. We're just chatting about the the market and kind of how crazy it is and kind of what's happening. They listen to my podcast and kind of enjoy it and so on. But a few of them said, you know, JD, it was so good finding investment properties for us. Why don't you just talk to people about the ugly, the good and bad and the ugly about investing? Because... You know, when you sat down to us, you were just, you know, gave us so many facts we never really considered. And it really, really helped us make a decision in investing. And you never hear that anymore. And I said, yeah. And they said, yeah, these podcasts, you know, get rich quick. We're going to try and make millions of dollars in real estate. And all these clients, oh, yeah, I made, uh, you know, $80,000 in one weekend fixing and flipping properties. And these, you know, yahoos on YouTube saying, yeah, we're going to show you how to make big money in investing in real estate. And half of these guys are kind of jokes and they, you know, just smoke and mirrors and so on. And I said, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I listen to them and I just shake my head and how, you know, misleading these guys are. They just give you a bunch of fluff. They never really tell you what's going on. So, you know, a lot of them just said, why don't you just do a podcast on just, you know, the the good and bad, the ugly about uh, investing in real estate. So I'm, I said, yeah, you know, I'm going to do that. So this podcast is going to be something you probably don't hear in other real estate podcasts. And if you are an investor and you've been doing it for a while, you're probably going to shake in and go, JD is so right on. If you are thinking about uh, getting into real estate investors this is going to be a big wake-up call for you maybe prevent you from uh, making some bad decisions in real estate you know when I look back after I talked to these guys I look back at kind of uh, the history of me selling real estate and I mean I, I realized back geez a while ago I was just knocking out of the park i was selling so many investors and you know one investor would tell another investor and tell another investor about me not saying i'm you know the best things that sliced bread but you know i i tell them you know the truth and what's going on show them how to analyze investment properties i realized 80 percent of my business was investors 
And I look back and I, I realized why I was working with so many investors because none of the real estate agents wanted to work with them. You know, they thought that they were too hard or too unrealistic or so on and so forth. And, you know, at first I started out and I was just going through some major frustration, major brain damage on these people that just had no clue what they were doing. Um, so then, but after a while when I got really experienced, boy, I just, you know, I just knew what I was doing and finding the deals and really helping them make the money and so on. But I was refusing a lot of people because when I first got into dealing with investors, boy, they were late nighters, total late nighters. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, old old guys, old school people know what I'm talking about is back then and maybe even today, if you you know, up all night, you get these late night, come to our seminars, we're going to show you how to get rich quick in real estate, buy our programs, and our videos, and you know, our DVDs, and we're going to show you how to make millions in real estate, you know, and so on and so forth, and you know, they're those kinds of people, and I look, and I, I see them on YouTube, I see them podcasting and a lot of these guys are young kids that you know rent out a house for a day or maybe don't even rent them out they just kind of film in front of the house or rent a Lamborghini out for a day or maybe even go to a dealership and say hey I want to test drive one and then they park it in front of a house so they park it and you know film in front of it and make you think they're making millions these guys can't buy a taco at Taco Bell so you know I thought okay you know I'm gonna lay it straight I'm gonna do a, a podcast that really gives you the good and the bad and the ugly about investing and late nighters uh, like you said they they, they they sit back and you know they are always trying to find some angle and they're like you got no job hey, come to my seminar you don't got no down payment no credit come to our seminar and you know they come in and they you know they they teach these people you know how to make money in real estate it's like a million to one shot and they charge thousands and thousands of dollars for information probably google it or get it a library and, and you know 90 percent of it is junk they don't never ever work and these people waste their money and so on so on. As a matter of fact i look back at a lot of these late nighters that they, these real estate gurus they all were arrested and thrown in jail and fined for misleading and fraudulent um you know information and so on and so forth it it was tight a total joke and they still are out there and you can always tell late nighters matter of fact i i can always tell late nighters are these investor people who think they're going to make it rich in real estate because a lot of them buy homes as businesses names or LLCs. They they say in these classes, oh, you know, get an LLC, limited liability company, or create a, a, a business name and so on. Don't buy it in your own name um, and so on and so forth. Uh, buy it in a company name. So a lot of these people don't use their own names. Some of them 
do because they just don't want to go through all that circus that they just use their own name. But you can tell them tell the minute they submit the offers how how that they've been to a seminar and I can spot them a mile away. Matter of fact, years and years ago. When I was dealing with a lot of investors, I mean, geez, I, almost everybody was investors. You know, I got a name for myself through the kind of the investment groups and so on, and I was just dealing with a lot of them. And uh, one of those late night guys uh, had lunch with me, and we were just talking. And it was just interesting. He was telling me kind of the, 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 you know, the circuit that he was doing and so on and so forth. And then, you know, I found it kind of intriguing and he had some good things about investing and so on. But a lot of it, I just shook my head and went, God, are you pitching this to people and making this amount of money? But boy, if they have a catch, you, man, you're going to end up in jail. And I don't know if the guy ever did or not, but most of those people did, ended up in jail or fined or closed down and so on. But he invited me behind the scenes. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And he was, you know, going at a, a hotel in a small little ballroom. And um, he, you know, I showed up and uh, it was a lobby. And the lobby actually was pretty big. And the doors were close to the ballroom. And there was a, probably 100 people in the lobby. And, you know, they were signing in and having coffee and Coca-Cola and some hors d'oeuvres. And just all, everybody was kind of chatting with each other. And I went kind of through the door and behind the scenes and so on. And I, I couldn't find the guy. He was really busy and so on. Uh, but he gave me like a little pass to go in the back. And I was talking to some people and so on and so forth. Just seeing, you know, they follow the guy around and so on and so forth. And they were kind of his trainers and so on and so forth. And, you know, they would sell and get a commission if they sold seminars and so on. So it was really kind of interesting. I, I love behind the scenes of anything. I mean, I in a movie, like when they make a movie, they should make a movie of how to make a movie and you know the the uh, techniques behind making a movie and green screen and special effects and the directing and the shooting I love behind the scenes of that so I really enjoyed behind the scenes of this but God, they did they was just I don't know kind of unethical some of the stuff they did and I I don't know if the guy wanted me to get involved in I never did I just I just uh, felt really uneasy but I remember when I was uh, kind of behind the scenes in this seminar, there was about 150 chairs that were set up. And like I said, it was a small little uh, ballroom. And uh, you know, I was just looking around, everybody setting up and so on and so forth. And just maybe about 15 minutes before the seminar began, one of the guys yelled out, hey, we need somebody to go count the people that are in the lobby. Guy went out, uh, came back, and he said, about about 100 people are out there. And the guy goes, okay, uh, we have 150 chairs set up. I want you to take about 60, 70 chairs out and put them in the back. So I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. There's That leaves about 80 chairs left. And there's 100 people. Maybe, you know, not all 100 people are at the seminar. Maybe they're there for a different reason or so on. So they, you know, took the chairs out. And 
seminar opened up and you know everybody rushed in and there was about 10 to 15 people just mingling around they didn't have chairs to sit on and everybody else was sitting in chairs and and it looked pretty packed and i went wow this is really interesting and i'm like wow uh what's going on sums up they're up to some shenanigans what are they doing so the guy comes out uh, one of the hosts and so on he says thank you guys for coming this is gonna be a great seminar and so wow guys there's people standing around was really sorry uh boy we didn't expect this many people it's gonna be really successful seminar here guys um you know we need to get some more chairs out so they got more people to bring the chairs that they in the back back out and i thought that is i don't know that's the biggest scam i've ever seen because they took the chairs away to make an illusion that more people showed up than what they thought but in actuality less people showed up than what they thought because he had 150 chairs there and only 100 people showed up and i figured well if they got, had the 150 chairs there and 100 people came up it would look like you know a lot of the place was empty and it wasn't all that successful but to take the chairs away and then bring them back it made it look as if the seminar was really really successful and so many people were interested and i just i don't know it just it just kind of gave me a bad taste in my mouth and i said you know if they're doing this what other shady things are they doing behind the scenes so that was kind of really interesting but that's kind of you know the real estate investment behind the scenes that goes on but you know so many people i mean i get these real estate investors come in and say yeah jd if you give me the right property i I can pay cash i can close in a week i can close in a week if you give me uh uh, i got partners real estate investing partners that uh we got cash and we can close really quick i'm like oh god please just throw me off a cliff you know not these guys again because it just it's I mean, for rookie real estate agents, it's, they don't have a clue. And I used to be one, and I got involved in these people. And, oh, man, it just it was a total waste of my time. But, I, you know, hey, I didn't have anything to do. I was raising a family, you know, starving, just got in real estate. So I had to grab everything I, I learned. But I, I learned a lot about, you know, real estate investing and the do's and don'ts and what's legit and what's you know late nighters and so on and so forth and you know the minute you see these people come in i got cash i can close really quick you know just find me the right deal you know i i just okay thank you i'll I'll, if something comes along my desk i'll call you and you know basically toss their name in the shredder because i know exactly you know what the whole story is and what it is is a lot of these people you know no job no credit no income so on they get in these seminars or these investment programs and so on and so forth and these excuse me and these lenders say which are what they call hard money lending and when they say hard money lending it's 
pretty much hard to get it. It's just private individuals who want to make a ton of money, you know, investing. So except running around trying to find the deals, they just invest to people at just you know, way high interest rates, you know, loan shark interest rates. Like in today's market, it might be 3%. You know, they might do 8 or 10% investing and then charge you a ton of fees to get the loan and so on and so forth. Short term, 8 to, excuse me, 6 to maybe 12 months at the most. And if you don't pay them back, then there's all these fees and fines or they foreclose on you and take the property but when it comes to hard money lending and in these hey you can get rich in real estate you don't need no job and so on and so forth basically what it is and it's a total joke i can read it like you know a book the minute i get these offers and they have these llc's or business names or so on but the minute i see these offers that are 25 percent under market or 50% under market, I just throw them in the trash. I mean, I just I just tell my sellers, here's what the whole thing is. And like, John, just toss it. And what it is, is they, they don't, in, they don't, uh, they're not lending the money to the pe person. They're lending the money uh, on the deal. So like I said, that's why they say no job, no money, no credit, no thing. Hey, We'll loan you as long as the deal's right, or we'll use our money if you find the deal. It's just almost impossible because let's just look at it. Let's just use kind of real today's numbers. Let's say a house is worth $400,000. And these people think, yeah, they're just going to get a little paint, a little carpet, little linoleum, and they're going to walk away in two months with $80,000 profit. It isn't going to happen. If it did, we all be multi billionaires in the real estate industry and whatnot and what that is is like let's say it's four hundred thousand dollars and that fixed up okay so let's say fixed up and let's say it just needs carpet paint linoleum and let's say they're asking maybe 380 but fixed up it's worth 400 these people will lowball it and say okay it's worth 400,000 we want it 25% on the market so we're going to offer you $100,000 less than what the house is worth so we're going to give you an offer 300,000 well look at if it just needed carpet paint and linoleum the seller would carpet and paint linoleum and sell it for four hundred thousand. He's discounted it at three eighty because that's what it's need. He's not gonna sell it to you for a hundred grand less than what it's worth if he did the uh, fix up. Even a bank. I mean, I've had banks that I've listed properties with, and they just laugh and go. JD, we would have fixed the house up ourselves and sold it for that. We're not going to hand the guy $80,000 just because he walks in and, and, and says, hey, I'm an investor and boy, I can close within a week because I got cash. Partners, they'll do it. No, that's like I said, harm money lenders. And some, some of them, they want you to get the house fixed. 50% under what the market is. So if the house is fixed up at 400000 they want you to offer 200000 on it. It's a total joke. It's just, it's a, 
uh, I mean, I, I, the minute I see these things, I just laugh. And that's what late nighters are. And, you know, there's so many of those investors that are out there and they call, yeah, we got an investment. We're investors. We'll cut cash if the deal's right. And you ask them, well, how many homes have you invested in? Well, maybe two. Well, how long have you been investing? Seven years. So you're telling me in seven years you own about two properties? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. When I when I first began and, and I dealt with one of these guys, it was I, I thought I was in the, I thought it was gonna be a millionaire in a in a year because he came to me, I was naive, starving, had no clue what I was doing. And he said, I want to put in some offers. I don't even want to see the properties. I want to put in these offers. So he put in you know, offers 25% below, 50% below what they were asking. And out of five offers, two of them were accepted. Now, the market was much worse than it is now. They were a lot of bank foreclosures and HUD foreclosures and so on and so forth. But I thought, holy smokes. And these were just private people that, you know, they, they wanted out. So they took us off and we closed and I made a good you know, commission, and he thought I was great. So he goes, hey, I just want to put in more offers. So I said, great, I, I'm just going to put a template. I'm going to be a selling machine. Man, I'm just going to crank them out. Well, all of a sudden, I got a template, and he put in 110 offers, and not one of them was accepted. Matter of fact, a lot of people that knew me called me up, and they were ticked off at me. Wanted to know what I was doing, was you know what kind of con what I was involved in. I said, now this is a legitimate buyer. He just wants discounts, and they just kind of said, John, you know, don't even don't even bother wasting our time with this stuff. And then I got a call from the real estate commission, who thought I was up to shenanigans, and they wanted to know what I was up. And I said, no, you know, this is. Just an investor, and he has his program, and he wants to exercise his program, and so on. They just all advised me, the Real Estate Commission, to let the guy go because you know I was getting tons and tons of complaints. So after about 110 offers and all these complaints, I just dumped the guy, and I don't know whatever happened to him. But that's where I learned that all these hard money lenders get rich quick. Investors, you know you know hey we got cash we'll buy a home right now if you find the right deal never works a waste of those all the the gullible uh investors and i i'm not putting them down but they believe all this stuff because they just went to these seminars these books so they've you know watched these youtube videos and so on and they think they can do it so i'm not blaming them but jeez you know it's just uh like i said they just waste their time the real estate agents time everybody else's time and then after about a year they give up and go on to something else and here's another thing that's really interesting that i tell people you know a lot of times i, I meet with these people and even sometimes seasonal investors that are just totally misled they Man, I don't know where they get this information. Like, yeah, we're going to do fix and flips, right? We're going to do fix and flips. And we're going to do 1031 exchanges on them. And we've done a couple of 1031 exchanges on fix and flips. I'm like, what? Who's telling you this? Like, oh, yeah, we got a couple of real estate agents that say we can do 1031 exchanges on flips and flips. And I'm like, oh, guy, if the real estate commission catches you, you're going you're gonna to get killed with fines and capital gains taxes and like what and i'm like 
could you even consult a tax attorney or, or, or a real estate investor or a tax consultant? And they're like, no. And I'm like, you can't do a 1031 exchange on a fix and flip. You're considered a dealer. You have to pay 20 to 30% capital gains depending on what your income is. You're considered a dealer. And they're like, what? What? I'm like, no. A 1031 exchange is when you rent a property maybe for two years. I think you have to rent it for two years. And then you just exchange exchange it from one property to another. And that's another thing. A lot of times people say, well, if I have a million dollar property and I've rented it out, I'm just using this as an example, then I got to buy a million dollar or two million dollar home if I do a 1031 exchange. No. Hey, if you sell your million dollar properties, you can you can buy two five hundred dollar properties or four two hundred thousand dollar properties or a lot of times i had one person who sold a couple of investment properties and he bought a body shop uh that uh you know a mechanic body shop and so it's investing in real estate he, he bought the building and the business you can't just do a 1031 exchange and buy the business if you don't own the the building it's an invest it's real estate to real estate so a lot of people don't know that but you have to own the property for two years and a lot of these people don't don't and uh, like I said, a lot of people say, well, if I owned a property for uh, two years and, um, you know, I, I just don't want to uh, do a 1031 exchange, then, you know, I don't know, man, it's just going to kill me in, in uh, investing in uh, capital gains. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you're going to have to pay one way or another. So, you know, I had a uh, a uh, really great. Um, this was it wasn't me, but it was one of my investors who had a great tax attorney, who said showed me how you convert investment properties into not paying any capital gains. And what he said is, you sell the property that you're in, and if you're married, you can make up to $500,000 without paying capital gains. So you sell your personal property, then you move into your rental property. You live there for two years, and that rental property becomes your personal property, and then you sell that. Make $500,000 profit if you're married, or two fifty dollars if you're single. Then you move into another re- rental property. You live in that for two years, and if you have four properties, then after a while, you got all this money that you send capital gains tax. You buy your dream home. That's your personal property, and you don't have to pay any capital gains tax. And I thought that was just brilliant, um, and so on and so forth. But you know, you're gonna have to sell your personal property, move into your rental property, live there for two years, and then sell that. But if you, you know, after about ten. 15 years you buy a beautiful beautiful home you saved all that money in capital gains you buy a personal resident and then you're 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 sitting really pretty and so on but you know another thing that i i see in 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 investing is people over improving in the home they 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 think oh man they think that they they get in a home they get too emotional about it and then they 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 invest in the home or they remodel the home as if they're going to live in it and then they want all this money back and it's like no people aren't gonna give you all this money back on the home because he put carpet and paint linoleum and so on you know it's great 
but you just over improved. You didn't need to put all that, remodel the whole bathroom, and spent twenty thousand dollars in a bathroom, or put a whole you know twenty thousand dollars within a a patio or so on and so forth. So I see a lot. Of, I had one guy God, years ago. I, I found him a great deal and great fix and flip. I told him, here's what you need to do. And he just over improved it. And, and a lot of fluff, a lot of, you know, lipstick on a pig stuff. And then I, I got him like seven offers and he kept refusing. This was not in a really good market. I mean, a lot of people, if I were to brought them seven offers, they would have kissed my feet. And this guy just refused them and so on. And then finally he accepted one and the roof was, you know, needed a new roof. He refused to put a new roof on and then that ended another one, a new roof. That ended another one, new roof. That ended. Finally, he made a deal with somebody who was a roofer who bought the home and and he didn't put a new roof on, but he discounted on on it and so on and so forth. But I learned a lot about investing that if you're doing a fix and flip, look at the major stuff. Don't just fluff it and, hey, I'll put a little paint, cheap carpet, and look wonderful when people come in. Because when they have an inspection, they're going to look at major stuff. I always tell investors, look at the roof, the furnace, the foundation. Those are the first things you should look at. And if you need a new roof or you need a new furnace water heater, negotiate with the seller. If you're not, if you get a really good deal, and and uh, they you know see the seller isn't going to put a new roof in and so on, but he discounts it, then you're going to have to come out your uh, of your pocket to put a new roof or water heater because you're not going to get around it. An inspector's going to see it, and you're going to have to do that. Uh, but so many people, they just, you know, they try to hide things and they think nobody's going to see them. And that's just more money in their pocket. And then when it comes to sell it, they have to put all this money out for new roof or water heater or furnace. And then all the profits get eaten away and they walk away. Like I said, it's really hard to walk away in a, in an investment property with fifty or sixty thousand dollars. Usually you're walking away with maybe five to ten if you're lucky, which is a good, you know, after a couple of months worth of work, that's good profits. But you know, these I I'm gonna buy a home and I wanna walk away with fifteen to ninety thousand, a hundred thousand dollars afterwards. On an average, you know, maybe three, four, five hundred thousand dollar home, you're not gonna walk away with eighty, ninety, a hundred thousand dollars and two months if that if that was it everybody real estate would be millionaires it's not going to happen but a lot of these people think that's what's going to happen that they're just going to put some paint carpet linoleum and walk away with 50 or 60 thousand i always tell people my investors hey look it <laughs> if it was that easy don't you think the seller would just put carpet and paint linoleum and sell it for 50 60 thousand dollars more you know they just they just get i don't know it's just they listen to all these videos and you know read all these crazy get rich get rich uh, in real estate or podcasts and all these that just uh, you know these all these smoke and mirrors and so on. So I always tell people if you're planning on um, doing a fix and flip, this is my rule, and I came up with this, and all the investors who I've dealt with. You know, say, JD, we love you. Really helped us 
got us focus we didn't put more than the house was worth we put just what it needed and we made some decent money and uh, we really we appreciate it so I always tell people if you are going to sell the home for say four hundred thousand okay and this is not what you buy it for this is what you're gonna sell it for you should put no more into the house. This is not, not real estate commissions and closing costs and so on and so forth and holding costs. So because you are maybe you're gonna have three or four or five months of holding costs. Okay, so you gotta add that into the payments and you know your profits and so on and so forth. This is just fix up cost. This is my opinion and it's helped tons of investors that I've dealt with. You should put no more than five percent into it. So what I mean is you're selling a home for four hundred thousand, you should have no more than twenty grand into it. Carpet paintland only if it needs a new furnace, if it needs a new roof, put twenty grand into it. But you know, put twenty grand into it. If it needs a new roof and it's gonna cost you twelve, then you know, twenty, twelve of that twenty goes into a new roof, the rest goes into painting and fixing it up and so on. And you, you do really well but so many people don't they oh it needs this and that I'm gonna make it into a beautiful home and then I'm gonna jack up the price so much that I'll get that money back and people aren't gonna pay for all this they're not gonna pay more than the house is worth no matter how much fluff you put in the home so like I said it, it's really interesting about uh, dealing with um, uh, investors because so many people think oh I'm just gonna rent it you know you get all these people you know, just buy a home and rent it and collect the check. It'll be great. Just collect the check. It'll be like an ATM machine. Yeah, just like, you know, you won't have any maintenance, the rent, uh, the people who are renting. They're going to pay you on time every single time. They're going to keep your house immaculate. They're going to shampoo your carpet and paint your walls. Hey, when your heater breaks and you have to pay $4,000 to buy a new heater, water, don't worry, your tenants will pay for that. All you need to do is collect a check. Just go out every month in your mailbox and collect it. And then these people rent homes and they comes a nightmare. It's like, oh, I got this nightmare client. They look great. They look so wonderful. And then they, after about five months, they never paid payments. And I never got the rent. And then I, had a, I couldn't pay my payment with the bank. And I was late with my bank. And they started wanting to foreclose. And then finally I had to evict them. And when I evict them, they got really angry. And they kind of trashed out the place. And then I picked the walls. And the doors were hanging. And the appliances were all beat up. And the garbage disposal needed to be fixed and the doors were hanging out, out and I just spent another five to seven thousand dollars just fixing everything but yeah these people I'll tell you they say oh renting properties oh you just you make plenty of passive income renting properties and so on so forth and yeah when you got an eviction then the people don't go out you know attorney's gonna cost you two hundred dollars an hour to do a of uh, eviction filing then you have to go to court and then the you know and then the, when you're trying to go to court the tenants you know move out in the middle of the night and t trash your place or take your you know your stove and your refrigerator and sell that on the black market and you just so yeah like i said you know that oh here's another one to wrap it up uh, oh i've just heard this and it's just uh 
It's just, it's, I just have to look and go, please don't be gullible. These real estate agents that have no idea what they're doing, and they get these gullible investors, and they misquote what the rent is. Uh, I've, I've seen it. In my fact, I listen to a podcast, and this guy, they would explain how wonderful this great deal they got and how the the investor was going to make money on, on rent and get this positive cash flow. I'm like, oh, gee, are you kidding me? They just hosed the investor and misled him. But they, you know, they got a great commission and so on and so forth. They was They, they, they bought, they went out, and they sold this duplex, and you know the, they were making like the the seller was making like fifteen hundred a, a unit. Okay, I think it was a duplex, and they they sold it, and see they sold this thing for like a million dollars or so on, and they convinced that the the guy who bought it or the investors who bought it that they could raise the rent from fifteen hundred. That this guy was renting, you know, these people were great renters. They, he had them in for a long time. To twice as much. And that justified them paying a million dollars. Well, I just went, oh, are you kidding? You know, there's, there's only so much rent you can pay that the market's going to bear. You can't jack up the rents twice as much. These people are going to bail. You're going to be left no tenants, a million-dollar house. You don't have any income. Then you have to find, you know, tenants that are willing to pay that, and it's a duplex, and usually duplexes and fourplexes, they're not in real upscale neighborhoods. They're kind of old 50, 60, 70 neighborhoods that you might get maybe $1,000, a month for them. They're not going to be in like upscale, you know, big time, really nice neighborhoods. And, you know, you got that misquoting to invest is what the actual rents will uh, be. And, you know, that's another thing that it is. And people say, well, yeah, but you got you got appraisers that should do that because if you're buying investment properties, appraisals will do that. Well, you know, it's kind of like I always tell people, what, yeah, what the rents are, they say you can get and what you really can get might be two different things. And then you're stuck with a, you know, a house that's over mortgage and you can't get rent that covers the rent and then you're stuck with it. Now you have to dump it because it's just sucking you dry of all your savings and so on and so forth. So, But I've seen just that where people get, you know, investors mislead what the house is worth or mislead the people what they can actually rent. I've actually had investors that have talked to me and said, yeah, my real estate agent misquoted me and you know, I'm getting $200 less a month than what he quoted me, so I'm doing a negative cash flow. I'm going to come to stuck here for a while, but I'll just raise the rent until I finally can break even, and then I'll probably just sell the place and get out from under it. But, you know, that I, I see that. So, like I said, folks, I'm not trying to bear bad news. Of, you know, it's a lot of people who have made great money in real estate, but they're not, you know, they don't 
these people have held these properties for 10, 20, 30 years and then they become millionaires. They don't buy a property and hold it for two or three years and then all of a sudden they're all millionaires and they can all retire and live their life all in, you know, Tahiti on their yachts and and go for vacations every month to different exotic places. They all invest in real estate for three or four years. It's long term. It's probably 10, 15, 20 years before you really make big, big money in real estate. But, you know, listening to these seminars and these YouTube videos and these podcasts, all these people think, you just go out and just, you know, invest for five years and then you can retire the rest of your life. Give me a break. If it was that easy, everybody be in real estate, everybody be retired, we all be millionaires. So, like I said, folks, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got a lot of information on kind of the dark side of investing in real estate, the, the, you know, the good and the bad and the ugly, and I hope you really enjoyed it. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next Monday. Take care of yourself. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show, Real Estate for the Common Man. Please follow us or subscribe. Tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, and coworkers about us. We're on all your major podcast apps, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and iTunes. If you can't remember all that, just Google it or have your friends Google Real Estate for the Common Man and it will come up. Again, we thank you very much for your time and hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hey, if you live in Colorado Springs and want to buy or sell a home, you can look us up at soldrealestatecompany.com as in I sold a home. Again, thank you very much. Have a very good week and we'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.